Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. CIBC, first Caribbean to sell its banking assets in four OECS countries and Aruba. Energy Minister meets BHP executives on operations in Trinidad and Tobago. St. Kitts and Nevis signed visa waiver with the state of Palestine. And Fortress Investment Group plans to take Frenchman's Reef Marriott Resort in U.S. Virgin Islands to next level. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 13th. We start a report today in Barbados. Times Caribbean reports that First Caribbean International Bank Limited has announced that its wholly owned subsidiary, First Caribbean International Bank Barbados Limited, has agreed to sell its banking assets in St. Vincent, Grenadine, Dominica, and St. Kitts to the Bank of St. Vincent and the Grenadines Limited, Grenada Cooperative Banking Limited, National Bank of Dominica Limited, and Kitts Nevis Anguilla National Bank Limited. Its wholly owned subsidiary, First Caribbean Bank International Bank Cayman Limited, has agreed to sell its banking assets in Aruba to Aruba Bank NV. The transactions are all subject to regulatory approval, including from the Central Bank of Barbados, and are expected to be finalized in the coming months. In Aruba, the purchaser is Aruba Bank, the largest commercial bank on the island. That transaction is subject to regulatory approval by the Central Bank of Aruba. In announcing that the applications will be submitted shortly to the various regulatory bodies, CIBC First Caribbean Chief Executive Officer Colette Delaney noted that these transactions enable First Caribbean to optimize and simplify its business, further enhance efficiency, and focus on core markets to accelerate growth. The four OECS-based banks are market leaders in their respective territories, which offer the full spectrum of commercial banking services and electronic channels. They are supervised by the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank and require its regulatory approval. Collectively, they have been serving peoples of the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union for a combined period for over 200 years. Their customer base includes consumers, small and middle market businesses, large corporations, statutory bodies, and central governments, and remain committed to helping their customers achieve success. Managing Director of the Bank of St. Vincent and Grenadines Limited, Derry Williams, who led the negotiations on behalf of the four OECS banks, stated, This acquisition represents a significant development in the evolution of the banking system of the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union. Once approved by the regulators, we are very confident that it will lay the basis for further enhanced value creation in these economies and greater prosperity for our society. In announcing the signing of the various agreements to CIBC First Caribbean staff across the region, Ms. Delaney noted that all sides are working diligently to ensure the transition will be seamless in the five countries. These transactions are not expected to have a material impact on CIBC First Caribbean's Tier 1 and total capital ratios. 
Newsday Trinidad Tobago reports that Minister of Energy Stuart Young led a delegation which met on Tuesday with BHP executives at the ministry offices in the International Waterfront Complex in Port of Spain, Trinidad. The BHP team included Graham Salman, Vice President North America and the Caribbean BHP Petroleum, Dr. Sonia Scarcelli, Vice President Exploration and Appraisal, BHP Petroleum Michael Stone, Country Manager of BHP TNT, and Dr. Carla Noel Mendez, Manager Corporate Affairs. The purpose of the meeting was to provide Young with an update on BHP's business operations as it relates to pursuing integrated oil and gas management in Trinidad and Tobago. Acting Permanent Secretary Penelope Bradshaw-Niles and Acting Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Energy Sandra Fraser were also on hand to meet the BHP executives. Young welcomed the BHP executives to Trinidad and Tobago and thank them for their continued partnership. The parties discussed the progress on BHP Woodside acquisition, a matter that Young has been monitoring closely. On August 17, the Australian energy giant announced a $28 billion merger with Woodside Petroleum acquiring BHP oil and gas assets, which makes up just 5% of its annual earnings as it moves away from fossil fuel exploration. In a statement, BHP said the proposed merger will not immediately affect the existing operations and business plans in Trinidad and Tobago. Bringing that BHP and Woodside assets together will unlock synergies in how these assets are managed and allow capital to be deployed to the highest quality opportunities, it said. In response, Young also said the proposed merger was not expected to affect BHP's operation in Trinidad and Tobago. He noted that similar deals, such as Royal Dutch Shell acquisition from British Gas, which he said led to significant investments in Trinidad and Tobago. Young assured the government will continue to advocate for continued interests and investments in our country. My View News reports that St. Kitts and Nevis continues to raise its international profile as it signed a reciprocal visa waiver agreement with the state of Palestine in the margins of the 60th anniversary of the Non-Aligned Movement Summit in Serbia. The Honorable Mark Brantley, Minister of Foreign Affairs of St. Kitts and Nevis, signed the agreement with His Excellency Radad Maliki, Minister of Foreign Affairs of the State of Palestine. The two discuss areas of mutual cooperation in agriculture and health. St. Kitts and Nevis and the State of Palestine have enjoyed cordial relations since establishing diplomatic ties in July 2019. As mutual members of the non-alignment movement, this signing signals the ongoing efforts of St. Kitts and Nevis to expand its diplomatic footprint by deepening and strengthening ties with old friends and developing good relations with new friends. Also on Tuesday, Minister of Foreign Affairs of St. Kitts and Nevis, the Honorable Mark Brantley, held bilateral talks with Her Excellency Edith Ten Jua, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Corporation and Community of Seotome and Principe, 
On the margins of the 68th anniversary of the Non-Aligned Movement Summit in Serbia, the foreign ministers discuss matters of mutual interest, including cooperation in tourism, climate change, and greater cooperation between Africa and the Caribbean as both regions seek to animate greater South-to-South cooperation. St. Kitts and Nevis and Sao Tome and Principe formalized diplomatic relations in September 2018 in the margins of the 73rd United Nations General Assembly. Both countries remain committed to strengthening ties in the bilateral and multilateral fora. The Virgin Islands source reports that officials from CREF3, USBI Hotel Owner Inc., a company owned and managed by Fortress Investment Group, on Tuesday presented plans for the Frenchman's Reef Marriott Resort on St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, which the company has scheduled to reopen in November 2022 after it was devastated by storms in 2017. The presentation was made on Tuesday in a meeting before the U.S. Virgin Islands Economic Development Authority Board. The project to restore the Marriott Frenchman's Reef Resort and Spa on St. Thomas, originally owned and operated under Diamond Rock Hospitality Company, was stopped in 2019. Originally under Diamond Rock Hospitality Company, the resort was slated to open in 2020, but then it was sold to New York-based private investment firm Fortress Investment Group earlier this year. At Tuesday's meeting, Joe Gould, Managing Director of Fortress Investments detailed the plans for the property. He said Fortress had invested more than $50 million. The total investment in the resort is expected to be more than $402.6 million. Gould said that the resort will support $1.5 billion in business sales, $559 million in income, and $182 million in U.S. Virgin Islands tax revenue in the next 10 years. Some of the renovations will include 486 guest rooms, 10 restaurants and bars, four pools, a 60,000 square foot indoor and outdoor function space, a kids' club and activity center, 13 treatment room luxury spas, and a 1,400-foot white sandy beach. Areas of expansion will include improved guest room experiences, an additional eight-room guests at the main building, upgrades to the pool deck, fully redesigned and expanded spa and fitness facilities, upgraded infrastructure, a more efficient wastewater treatment plant, and an erosion plan in accordance with the local coastal zone management permitting. We've already booked over 10,000 group rooms committed for 2023 to 2024, said Gould. Gould said the reopening of the Marriott's Frenchman's Reef will create about 900 jobs. Former employees are more than welcome to apply and come back to their positions at Frenchman's, he said, noting that the normal application process with a drug test and proof of vaccination will be required. 
Employee hiring will commence in September 2022, followed by intense training in anticipation of reopening in November 2022. Fortress Investment Group was founded in 1998 and is a leading and diversified global investment manager with over $53 billion in assets under management and 18,000 institutional clients and private investors worldwide. Biz West reports that John Paul DeJoria is suing a former business partner for $80 million on a soured Caribbean real estate development. DeJoria co-founder Hair Care Company and John Paul Mitchell Systems and Patron Spirits Company, he sold patrons to Bacardi Limited in 2018 for $5.1 billion. The California-based hair care maker has $1 billion in revenue. Forbes estimated DeJoria's wealth is at $2.8 billion. The case involves Texas resident DeJoria's meeting with Turbidity in Aspen, where DeJoria has a home. The duo began planning a resort in Antigua and Barbuda in the Caribbean. The lawsuit states DeJoria and Turbidity, without the assistance of counsel, agreed to form a partnership in May 2016. The lawsuit said the billionaire often, over three years, put money into the deal and eventually contributed more than $80 million. It said Turbidity invested nothing and asked for a jury trial. And finally, the Caribbean community, CARICOM, has said that access to its offices across the region will be restricted to people showing proof of being vaccinated against the coronavirus. In a statement on Tuesday, the Guyana-based CARICOM Secretariat said that the new policy went into effect as of October 1st. It said the measure is aimed at providing a safe working environment for its staff in keeping with attempts to limit the spread of the COVID-19 virus. These measures include proof of vaccination for staff members and all persons seeking to enter our offices to do business. Staff members and members of the public who are not vaccinated would require a PCR test no older than seven days to enter enter the offices, the Secretariat said. The statement by CARICOM comes as several regional governments have either indicated a need to establish safe zones or restrict the entry to public buildings to only vaccinated people. The governments have been calling on their nationals to get vaccinated as a means to curb the spread of the virus. Since the start of the pandemic last March, Caribbean countries have recorded over 339,000 positive cases and 7,884 deaths. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 13. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook. Facebook.